Act Third of the Master Builder by Henry Gibson, translated by William Archer and Edmund Goss. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Third. The large, broad veranda of Solness's dwelling house, part of the house with outer door leading to the veranda is seen to the left a railing along the veranda to the right at the back from the end of the veranda a flight of steps leads down to the garden below tall old trees in the garden spread their branches over the veranda and towards the house far to the right in among the trees a glimpse is caught of the lower part of the new villa with scaffolding round so much as is seen of the tower in the background the garden is bounded by an old wooden fence outside the fence a street with low tumble-down cottages evening sky with sunlit clouds on the veranda a garden bench stands along the wall of the house and in front of the bench a long table on the other side of the table an armchair and some stools all the furniture is of wicker-work Mrs. Solness, wrapped in a large white crepe shawl, sits resting in the armchair, and gazes over to the right. Shortly after, Hilda Vangel comes up the flight of steps from the garden. She is dressed as in the last act, and wears her hat. She has in her bodice a little nosegay of small common flowers. Have you been round the garden, Miss Vangel? Yes, I have been taking a look at it. And found some flowers, too, I see. Yes, indeed. There are such heaps of them in among the bushes. Are there really? Still, you see, I scarcely ever go there. What? Don't you take a run down into the garden every day, then? I don't run anywhere nowadays. Well, but do you not go down now and then to look at all the lovely things there? It has all become so strange to me. I am almost afraid to see it again your own garden i don't feel that it is mine any longer what do you mean no no it is not not as it was in my mother's and father's time they have taken away so much so much of the garden miss vangle fancy they have parceled it out and built houses for strangers people that i don't know and they can sit and look in upon me from their windows mrs solness yes May I stay here with you a little? Yes, by all means, if you care to. Hilda moves a stool close to the armchair and sits down. Ah, oh, here one can sit and sun oneself like a cat. Mrs. Solness lays her hand softly on Hilda's neck. It is nice of you to be willing to sit with me. I thought you wanted to go in to my husband. What should I want with him? To help him, I thought. No, thank you. And besides, he is not in. He is over there with his workmen. But he looked so fierce that I did not dare to talk to him. He is so kind and gentle in reality. He? You do not really know him yet, Miss Vangle. Are you pleased at the thought of moving over to the new house? I ought to be pleased, for it is what Halvard wants. Oh, not just on that account, surely. Yes, yes, Miss Vangle, 
for it is only my duty to submit myself to him. But very often it is dreadfully difficult to force one's mind to obedience. Yes, that must be difficult indeed. I can tell you it is. When one has so many faults as I have. When one has gone through so much trouble as you have. How do you know about that? Uh, your husband told me. To me he very seldom mentions these things. Yes, I can tell you I have gone through more than enough trouble in my life, Miss Bangle. Poor Mrs. Solness. First of all there was the fire. Yes. Everything that was mine was burnt. And then came what was worse. Worse? The worst of all. What do you mean? You lost the two little boys. Oh, yes, the boys. But you see, that was a thing apart. That was a dispensation of providence, and in such things one can only bow in submission. Yes, and be thankful, too. Then you are so? Not always, I am sorry to say. I know well enough that it is my duty, but all the same I cannot. No, no, I think that is only natural. And often and often I have to remind myself that it was a righteous punishment for me. Why? Because I had not fortitude enough in misfortune. But I don't see that. Oh, no, no, Miss Vangle, do not talk to me any more about the two little boys. We ought to feel nothing but joy in thinking of them, for they are so happy, so happy now. No, it is the small losses in life that cut one to the heart, the loss of all that other people look upon as almost nothing. Hilda lays her arms on Mrs. Solness's knees, and looks up at her affectionately. Dear Mrs. Solness, tell me what things you mean. As I say, only little things. All the old portraits were burnt on the walls and all the old silk dresses were burnt, what had belonged to the family for generations and generations. And all mother's and grandmother's lace, that was burnt too. And only think, the jewels too. And then all the dolls. The dolls? I had nine lovely dolls. And they were burnt too? All of them. Oh, it was so hard, so hard for me. Had you put by all these dolls, then, ever since you were little? I had not put them by. The dolls and I had gone on living together. After you were grown up? Yes, long after that. After you were married, too? Oh, yes, indeed, so long as he did not see it. But they were all burnt up, poor things. No one thought of saving them. Oh, it is so miserable to think of. You mustn't laugh at me, Miss Vangle. I am not laughing in the least. For you see, in a certain sense, there was life in them, too. I carried them under my heart, like little unborn children. Dr. Herdahl, with his hat in his hand, comes out through the door and observes Mrs. Solness and Hilda. Well, Mrs. Solness, so you are sitting out here catching cold. I find it so pleasant and warm here today. Yes, yes, but is there anything going on here? I got a note from you. Yes, there is something I must talk to you about. Very well, then perhaps we'd better go in. Still in your mountaineering dress, Miss Wangle? Yes, in full uniform. 
but to-day I am not going climbing and breaking my neck. We two will stop quietly below and look on, doctor. What are we to look at? Hush, hush, for God's sake, he is coming. Try to get that idea out of his head. And let us be friends, Miss Bangle. Don't you think we can? Hilda throws her arms impetuously around Mrs. Solness's neck. Oh, if we only could! Mrs. Solness gently disengages herself. There, there, there. There he comes, doctor. Let me have a word with you. Is it about him? Yes, to be sure, it's about him. Do come in. She and the doctor enter the house. Next moment Solness comes up from the garden by the flight of steps. A serious look comes over Hilda's face. Solness glances at the house door, which is closed cautiously from within. Have you noticed, Hilda, that as soon as I come she goes? I have noticed that as soon as you come you make her go. Perhaps so, but I cannot help it. Are you cold, Hilda? I think you look cold. I have just come up out of a tomb. What do you mean by that? That I have got chilled through and through, Mr. Solness. I believe I understand. What brings you up here just now? I caught sight of you from over there. But then you must have seen her, too. I knew she would go at once if I came. Is it very painful for you that she should avoid you in this way? In one sense it's a relief as well. Not to have her before your eyes? Yes. Not to be always seeing how heavily the loss of the little boys weighs upon her? Yes, chiefly that. Hilda drifts across the veranda with her hands behind her back, stops at the railing, and looks out over the garden. Did you have a long talk with her? Hilda stands motionless. Had you a long talk, I asked. What was she talking about, Hilda? Poor Alina. I suppose it was about the little boys. A nervous shudder runs through her, then she nods hurriedly once or twice. She will never get over it, never in this world. Now you are standing there again like a statue, just as you did last night. I am going away. Going away? Yes. But I won't allow you to. What am I to do here now? Simply to be here, Hilda. Oh, thank you. You know it wouldn't end there. So much the better. I cannot do any harm to one whom I know. I can't take away anything that belongs to her. Who wants you to do that? A stranger, yes. For that is quite a different thing. A person I have never set eyes on. But one that I have come into close contact with. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ugh. Yes, but I never proposed you should. Oh, Mr. Solness. You know quite well what the end of it would be. And that is why I am going away. And what is to become of me when you are gone? What shall I have to live for, then, after that? It is surely not so hard for you. You have your duties to her. Live for those duties. Too late. These powers, these, these... Devils. Yes, these devils, and the troll within me as well. They have drawn all the life-blood out of her. Oh, they did it for my happiness. Yes, yes. And now she is dead, for my sake. And I am chained alive to a dead woman. I, I, who cannot live without joy in life. 
Hilda moves round the table and seats herself on the bench, with her elbows on the table, and her head supported by her hands. Hilda sits and looks at him a while. What will you build next? I don't believe I shall build much more. Not those cosy, happy homes for mother and father, and for the troop of children. I wonder whether there will be any use for such homes in the coming time. Poor Mr. Solness. And you have gone all these ten years, and staked your whole life on that alone. Yes, you may well say so, Hilda. Oh, it all seems to me so foolish, so foolish. All what? Not to be able to grasp at your own happiness, at your own life, merely because someone you know happens to stand in the way. One whom you have no right to set aside. I wonder whether one really has not the right. And yet, and yet, oh, if one could only sleep the whole thing away. She lays her arms flat on the table, rests the left side of her head on her hands, and shuts her eyes. Solness turns the armchair and sits down at the table. Had you a cosy, happy home up there with your father, Hilda? I had only a cage. And you are determined not to go back to it? The wild bird never wants to go back to the cage. Rather range through the free air. The bird of prey loves to range. If only one had the viking spirit in life. And the other thing? Say what that was. A robust conscience. Hilda sits erect on the bench with animation. Her eyes have once more the sparkling expression of gladness. I know what you are going to build next. Then you know more than I do, Hilda. Yes, builders are such stupid people. What is it to be, then? The castle. What castle? My castle, of course. Do you want a castle now? Don't you owe me a kingdom, I should like to know? You say I do. Well, you admit you owe me this kingdom. And you can't have a kingdom without a royal castle, I should think. Yes, they usually go together. Good. Then build it for me. This moment. <laughs> Must you have that on the instant, too? <laughs> yes, to be sure. For the ten years are up now, and I am not going to wait any longer. So, out with the castle, Mr. Solness. It's no light matter to owe you anything, Hilda. You should have thought of that before. It is too late now. So, the castle on the table. It is my castle. I will have it at once. What sort of castle have you imagined, Hilda? Her expression becomes more and more veiled. She seems gazing inwards at herself. My castle shall stand on a height, on a very great height, with a clear outlook on all sides, so that I can see far, far around. And no doubt it is to have a high tower. A tremendously high tower. And at the very top of the tower there shall be a balcony, and I will stand out upon it. How can you like to stand at such a dizzy height? Yes, I will. Right up there will I stand, 
and look down on the other people, on those that are building churches, and homes for mother and father and the troops of children. And you may come up and look on it, too. Is the builder to be allowed to come up beside the princess? If the builder will. Then I think the builder will come. The builder, he will come. But he will never be able to build any more. Poor builder. Oh, yes, he will. We two will set to work together. And then we will build the loveliest, the very loveliest thing in all the world. Hilda, tell me what that is. Builders. They are such very, very stupid people. Yes, no doubt they are stupid. But now tell me what it is, the loveliest thing in the world that we two are to build together. Castles in the air. Castles in the air? Castles in the air, yes. Do you know what sort of thing a castle in the air is? It is the loveliest thing in the world, you say? Yes, to be sure it is. Castles in the air. They are so easy to build, too. Especially for the builders who have a, a dizzy conscience. After this day we two will build together, Hilda. A real castle in the air? Yes, one with a firm foundation under it. Ragnar Brovig comes out from the house. He is carrying a large green wreath with flowers and silk ribbons. Oh, the wreath! Oh, that will be glorious! Have you brought the wreath, Ragnar? I promised the foreman I would. Ah, then I suppose your father is better? No. Was he not cheered by what I wrote? It came too late. Too late? When she came with it, he was unconscious. He had had a stroke. Why, then you must go home to him. You must attend to your father. <sighs> he does not need me any more. But surely you ought to be with him. She is sitting by his bed. Kaya? Yes. Kaya. Go home, Ragnar, both to him and to her. Give me the wreath. <laughs> you don't mean that you yourself. I will take it down to them myself. Takes the wreath from him. And now you go home. We don't require you today. Oh, I know you do not require me any more. But today I shall remain. Well, remain then, since you are bent upon it. Mr. Solness, I will stand here and look on at you. At me? It will be fearfully thrilling. We will talk about that presently, Hilda. He goes down the flight of steps with the wreath, and away through the garden. Hilda looks after him, then turns to Ragnar. I think you might at least have thanked him. Thanked him? Ought I to have thanked him? Yes, of course you ought. I think it is rather you I ought to thank. How can you say such a thing? But I advise you to take care, Miss Vangle. You, you don't know him rightly yet. Oh, no one knows him as I do. <laughs> Oh, thank him, when he has held me down year after year, when he made father disbelieve in me, made me disbelieve in myself, and all merely that he might— That he might tell me at once. That he might keep her with him. The girl at the desk? Yes. That is not true. You are telling falsehoods about him. I would not believe it either until today, when she said so herself. What did she say? I will know at once, at once. <laughs> she said that he had 
taken possession of her mind her whole mind centered all her thoughts upon himself alone she says that she can never leave him that she will remain here where he is she will not be allowed to who will not allow her he will not either oh oh no i understand the whole thing now after this she would merely be in the way you understand nothing since you can talk like that no i will tell you why he kept hold of her well then why in order to keep hold of you is he told you so no but it is so it must be so i will i will have it so and at the very moment when you came he let her go it was you you that he let go what do you suppose he cares about strange women like her is it possible that all this time he has been afraid of me he afraid i would not be so conceited if i were you oh he must have seen long ago that i had something in me too besides cowardly that is just what he is you see he oh yes i am likely to believe that in a certain sense he is cowardly he the great master builder is not afraid of robbing others of their happiness as he's done both for my father and me but when it comes to climbing up a paltry bit of scaffolding he will do anything rather than that oh you should just have seen him high high up at the dizzy height where i once saw him did you see that yes indeed i did how free and great he looked as he stood and fastened the wreath to the church vane i know that he ventured that once in his life one solitary time it is a legend among us younger men but no power on earth would induce him to do it again to-day he will do it again yes i dare say we shall see it <laughs> that neither you nor i will see i will see it i will and i must see it but he will not do it he simply dare not do it for you see he cannot get over this infirmity master builder though he be mrs solness comes from the house on the veranda is he not here where has he gone to uh, mr solness is down with the men he took the wreath with him took the wreath with him oh god oh god brovik you must go down to him get him to come back here shall i say you want to speak to him mrs solness oh yes do no no don't say that i want anything you can say that somebody is here and that he must come at once good i will do so mrs solness he goes down the flight of steps and away through the garden oh miss vangle you can't think how anxious i feel about him is there anything in this to be terribly frightened about oh yes surely you can understand just think if he were really to do it if he should take it into his head to climb up the scaffolding do you think he will oh one can never tell what he might take into his head i am afraid there is nothing he mightn't think of doing aha perhaps you too think he is well oh i don't know what to think about him now the doctor has been telling me all sorts of things and putting it all together with several things i have heard him say dr herdal looks out at the door is he not coming soon yes i think so i have sent for him at any rate i am afraid you will have to go in my dear lady oh no 
Oh, no, I shall stay out here and wait for Halvard. But some ladies have just come to call on you. Good heavens, that too! And just at this moment! They say they positively must see the ceremony. Well, well, I suppose I must go to them after all. It is my duty. Can't you ask the ladies to go away? No, that would never do. Now that they are here, it is my duty to see them. But do you stay out here in the meantime, and receive him when he comes. And try to occupy his attention as long as possible. Yes, do, dear Miss Vangle. Keep as firm hold of him as ever you can. Would it not be best for you to do that? Yes, God knows that is my duty. But when one has duties in so many directions— There he is coming. And I have to go in. Don't say anything about my being here. Oh, no. I dare say I shall find something else to talk to Mr. Solness about. And be sure you keep firm hold of him. I believe you can do it best. Mrs. Solness and Dr. Herdal go into the house. Hilda remains standing on the veranda. Solness comes from the garden, up the flight of steps. Somebody wants me, I hear. Yes. It is I, Mr. Solness. Oh, is it you, Hilda? I was afraid it might be Alina or the doctor. You are very easily frightened, it seems. Do you think so? Yes. People say that you are afraid to climb about. On the scaffoldings, you know. Well, that is quite a special thing. Then it is true that you are afraid to do it? Yes, I am. Afraid of falling down and killing yourself? No, not of that. Of what, then? I am afraid of retribution, Hilda. Of retribution? I don't understand that. Sit down and I will tell you something. Yes, do. At once. She sits on a stool by the railing and looks expectantly at him. You know that I began by building churches. I know that well. For, you see, I came as a boy from a pious home in the country, and so it seemed to me that this church-building was the noblest task I could set myself. Yes, yes. And I venture to say that I built those poor little churches with such honest and warm and heartfelt devotion that— that— That, well— well, I think that he ought to have been pleased with me. He? What he? He who was to have the churches, of course. He to whose honour and glory they were dedicated. Oh, indeed. But are you certain, then, that—that he was not pleased with you? He pleased with me? How can you talk so, Hilda? He who gave the troll in me leave to lord it just as it pleased? He who bade them be at hand to serve me both day and night, all these, all these— Devils. Yes, of both kinds. Oh, no. He made me feel clearly enough that he was not pleased with me. You see, that was really the reason why he made the old house burn down. Was that why? Yes, don't you understand? He wanted to give me the chance of becoming an accomplished master in my own sphere, so that I might build all the more glorious churches for him. At first I did not understand what he was driving at, but all of a sudden it flashed upon me. When was that? It was when I was building the church tower up at Lusinger. I thought so. For you see, Hilda, up there, amidst those new surroundings, I used to go about musing and pondering within myself. Then I saw plainly why he had taken my little children from me. 
it was that i should have nothing else to attach myself to no such thing as love and happiness you understand i was to be only a master builder nothing else and all my life long i was to go on building for him <laughs> but i can tell you nothing came of that what did you do then first of all i searched and tried my own heart and then then i did the impossible i no less than he the impossible i had never before been able to climb up to a great free height but that day i did it yes yes you did and when i stood there high over everything and was hanging the wreath over the vane i said to him hear me now thou mighty one from this day forward i will be a free builder i too in my sphere just as thou in thine i will never more build churches for thee only homes for human beings that was the song that i heard through the air but afterwards his turn came what do you mean by that building homes for human beings is not worth a rap hilda do you say that now yes for now i see it men have no use for these homes of theirs to be happy in and i should not have had any use for such a home if i had had one <sighs> see that is the upshot of the whole affair however far back i look nothing really built nor anything sacrificed for the chance of building nothing nothing the whole is nothing then you will never build anything more on the contrary i am just going to begin what then what will you build tell me at once i believe there is only one possible dwelling-place for human happiness and that is what i am going to build now mr solness you mean our castles in the air the castles in the air yes i am afraid you would turn dizzy before we got halfway up not if i can mount hand in hand with you hilda only with me will there be no others of the party who else should there be oh that girl that kaya at the desk poor thing don't you want to take her with you too oh was it about her that alina was talking to you is it so or is it not i will not answer such a question you must believe in me wholly and entirely all these ten years i have believed in you so utterly so utterly you must go on believing in me then let me see you stand free and high up oh hilda it is not every day that i can do that i will have you do it i will have it just once more mr solness do the impossible once again if i try it hilda i will stand up there and talk to him as i did that time before what will you say to him i will say to him hear me mighty lord thou mayest judge me as seems best to thee but hereafter i will build nothing but the loveliest thing in the world oh, yes 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 build it together with a princess whom i love yes tell him that tell him that yes and then i will say to him now i shall go down and throw my arms round her and kiss her many times say that many many times i will say it 
and then then i will wave my hat and come down to the earth and do as i said to him now i see you again as i did when there was song in the air how have you become what you are hilda how have you made me what i am the princess shall have her castle oh mr solness my lovely lovely castle our castle in the air on a firm foundation in the street a crowd of people have assembled vaguely seen through the trees music of wind instruments is heard far away behind the new house mrs solness with a fur collar round her neck dr herdal with her white shawl on his arm and some ladies come out on the veranda ragnar bruvik comes at the same time up from the garden are we to have music too yes it's the band of the masons union uh, the the foreman asked me to tell you that he's ready now to go up with the wreath good i will go down to him myself what have you to do down there halvard i must be down below with the men yes down below only down below that is where i always stand on everyday occasions he goes down the flight of steps and away through the garden but do beg the man to be careful when he goes up promise me that halvard don't you see that i was right he has given up all thought of that folly oh what a relief twice workmen have fallen and each time they were killed on the spot thank you miss wangle for having kept such a firm hold upon him i should never have been able to manage him yes yes miss wangle you know how to keep a firm hold on a man when you give your mind to it mrs solness and dr herdal go up to the ladies who are standing nearer to the steps and looking over the garden hilda remains standing beside the railing in the foreground ragnar goes up to her <laughs> miss wangle do you see all those young fellows down in the street yes they are my fellow students come to look at the master what do they want to look at him for they want to see how he daren't climb to the top of his own house oh that is what those boys want is it he has kept us down so long well, now we are going to see him keep quietly down below himself you will not see that not this time indeed then where shall we see him high high up by the vein that is where you will see him <laughs> him oh yes i dare say his will is to reach the top so at the top you shall see him his will yes that i can easily believe but he simply cannot do it his head would swim round long long before he got half way he would have to crawl down again on his hands and knees look there goes the foreman up the ladders and of course he has the wreath to carry too oh i do hope he will be careful why but it's it is the master builder himself yes it is halvard oh my great god halvard halvard hush don't shout to him i must go to him i must get him to come down again don't move any of you not a sound he climbs and climbs higher and higher higher and higher look just look he must turn now he, he can't possibly help it he climbs and climbs he will soon be at the top now oh i shall die of terror i cannot bear to see it then don't look up at him there he is 
standing on the topmost planks right at the top nobody must move do you hear at last at last now i see him great and free again but this is imp- so i have seen him all through these ten years how secure he stands frightfully thrilling all the same look at him now he is hanging the wreath round the vane i i feel as if i were looking at something utterly impossible yes it is the impossible that he is doing now can you see anyone else up there with him there is no one else yes there is one he is striving with you are mistaken then do you hear no song in the air either it it must be the wind in the treetops i hear a song a mighty song look look now he is waving his hat he is waving it to us down here oh wave wave back to him for now it is finished snatches the white shawl from the doctor waves it and shouts up to solness hurrah for master builder solness stop stop for god's sake the ladies on the veranda wave their pocket handkerchiefs and the shouts of hurrah are taken up in the street then they are suddenly silenced and the crowd bursts out into a shriek of horror a human body with planks and fragments of wood is vaguely perceived crashing down behind the trees he is falling he is falling mrs solness totters falls backwards swooning and is caught amid cries and confusion by the ladies the crowd in the street breaks down the fence and storms into the garden at the same time dr herdal too rushes down thither a short pause my master builder he must be dashed to pieces killed on the spot one of the ladies whilst mrs solness is carried into the house run down for the doctor i, I can't stir a root then call to someone uh, uh, how, how is it is he alive mr solness is dead the head is all crushed he fell right into the quarry i can't see him up there now this is terrible so after all he could not do it but he mounted right to the top and i heard harps in the air waves her shawl in the air and shrieks with wild intensity my my master builder end of act third and end of the master builder by henrik ibsen